0: Coming up this week on Expedition Retirement, an Ivy League school that gets an F in investing. Shaquille O'Neal talks about preparation for life after your career and three reasons you should retire right now. All that coming up today on Expedition Retirement
1: this is expedition retirement with greg Ayler from golden reserve
2: we think of retirement as a mountain right you work your way up the mountain you save you work hard and you have a certain advice that gets you to the top but when you get to the top everything changes
1: climbing that mountain to retirement is only the first step do you have what you need to get down retirement mountain
0: hello again and welcome to expedition retirement with greg Ayler from golden reserve my name is randy cook i'm here each week with greg and we have a guest in studio today, Phil Huff, one of the partners at Golden Reserve is here. And Greg, every time uh, we bring somebody in, it's always I've known him since I was in second grade or <laughs> we played football in high school together. And, <laughs> so give me the story about you and Phil here.
2: Uh, I've known Phil for, gosh, almost seven years, I think. He's been a Golden Reserve journeyman. Uh, from the beginning, he's a, he's a lot younger. I can't, it's unfortunate we start bringing these younger <laughs> guys and gals on. It's kind of embarrassing. I think I'm, you know, you know 10 or 11 years older than Phil, so we weren't doing things together in high school okay, or okay, in our right. elementary school days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Phil, how are you today? I'm doing good, Randy. How are you? Good, good, good. Now, so when someone walks into Golden Reserve and they sit down with someone like you. What are you going to talk about? what What is your specialty area? Is it long-term care planning? Is it taxes? Is it investing? Is it all of the above? Tell me about what you do at Golden Reserve.
3: Yeah, well, we talk a little bit about everything. Um, for me, I'm, I'm big on, on just retirement planning. I'm, so I'm a, a chartered retirement planning counselor, uh, really focus on the tax planning side of retirement and just helping people you know, work their way down the mountain and protect them along the way. Yep. And we talk about that all the
0: time. You go to our website, which is uh, getyourroadmap.com. You'll see that mountain there. And we talk about that every week. There's, there's certain skills that there are that you need to go up the mountain. And there are other skills that you need to go down the mountain. And we talk about getting to retirement, saving and saving and saving. And then once you get there, now you're going to start using that money. And that brings up a whole new set of challenges. So that's what we talk about on the show today. So we're going to talk about retirement, of course. And if you walk in the door at Golden Reserve, we talk to you about getting your roadmap. And once you get your roadmap, you're going to get from Greg and and Phil and the team, you're going to get a thumbs up. Hey, you can retire right now. Or there's a little bit more work to do, and we're going to retire in one or two or whatever we have on our plan here. But, Greg, as somebody gets that green light to retire, they're going to react in two different ways. They're going to say, all right, great. I'll go back to work with a whole new attitude, or I can't believe it. I can retire right now. And so you have a a bunch of charts and things here about why people should retire right now. Why should they pull the trigger on this?
2: I think it's such a personal decision, Randy. I think a lot of times we try to overbake it or do a bunch of calculations or, you know, people try to forecast the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, Randy, you know, I, I think it isn't as complicated as the industry makes it out to be. But there is a cost for not retiring. And I think that's what we want to focus on now is for the first time, instead of encouraging people to keep, you know, working another year or, or, or maybe digging in and trying to chase an arbitrary number. I uh, need one point two million to retire. You know, let's talk a little bit about the cost. And I think there's three things that jump out to us, Randy, when people are trying to make all these assumptions that, you know, Phil and I talk about all the time. And you know, the first one is really the reality of spending i think most people come in and they think it's linear
3: phil but it's not maybe walk us through kind of how actually spending really works in the real world yeah for almost everybody i mean imagine that first time you retire now you're you're still healthy to do all the things you want to do maybe have younger grandkids So typically people retire, they want those first five to 10 years to really be their their vacation years and get after retirement. So we see a lot of folks that they want to push a lot of their spending in the first decade of retirement. And that's what happens because you can go on those trips, you can do all the things. And then, you know, somewhere in your 70s, things start to slow down a little bit. And of course, what happens towards the end of life is now more doctor's visits you know, more healthcare concerns, and then spending kind of ramps back up. So it's a little bit of high in, uh, initially in retirement with a little dip and then higher again later in retirement when it comes to healthcare.
2: It's the uh, spending smile, Randy. Mm. I mean, that's really how we should look at retirement is it, it is a big smiley face. And, and unfortunately, people assume they're going to spend the same amount of money every year in retirement. And that's why their estimates usually are excessively more than they actually need, and that keeps people a little anxious or a little uncomfortable. Like, well, I, I've got this chart that my Edward Jones guy put together for me. To look, and and you look at the spending, and it assumes it's flat, and that's just not how humans spend. That's not how retirees spend. So, you know, taking a, a a fresh look at that, Randy, is something that we do for all of our you know clients when we put together our income debt.
0: Gotcha. Now, the second one on the list here is taxes. And so we've said it many times before, if you get a room of 100 people, how many of you think that taxes are going to go up in the future? Pretty much every hand is going to go up. And that's kind of what we're looking at. And I mean, legislatively, I mean, the Trump tax laws are going to expire in January of 2026. So automatically, I think congressmen are just going to say, well, we didn't raise taxes. We just let that expire and taxes are
2: going to go up. Yeah, I mean, Phil obviously does a lot of work with our tax team. We have our in-house, uh, you know, CPAs that build tax maps and, and do tax returns. But a lot of this is consultative, kind of just, hey, what's going to happen? And I guess, Phil, you know, you know you're know, you in a great position. You, you probably have this conversation every day because people are sensitive to it. You know, what do you tell them? And, hey, in 2026, tax rates are going to go up. You know, how do you coach them? How do you get them thinking about planning and
3: de-taxing their IRA and all that fun stuff? Yeah, this is a big part of retirement planning and, and these, these tax hikes have been coming. And there's really two things that could happen. So there's one school of thought that, hey, both sides of the aisle have actually talked about extending the current tax code, keeping taxes low, which which would play with what's happened the last 20, 30 years. Basically, every president has tried to lower tax rates. So let's say they continue with that. And they, they say, hey, you know what, we're not going to let it expire, we're going to continue them. Well, then they're just going to target what they've shown to target with the SECURE Act. That means they still want retirees to pay as little in taxes during their retirement because they know they're going to come around and get it from the widow or from the kiddos. So option one is they don't screw you now, but they will screw you later. Uh, well, so. well
2: hold, on, hold on real quick. So walk them through the widows and kiddos. So I, I yeah. think what Phil's diving into here is, you know, your IRA, your biggest mm-hmm. taxable account. You know, they're salivating. The government knows that the biggest account on your balance sheet that hasn't been taxed is your 401k and IRA, mm-hmm. and if you don't touch it, and it ends up going that your spouse passes, your rates will double when you need to take money out, or even worse, and what they're really counting on is that it goes to your kids. Mm-hmm. And when your kids take it out, obviously, they're paying at their higher earning rates. People think that it's their tax rates. It's not, it's their kids. And that's really the hope. You know, you have a half a million dollar IRA, you end up paying 40% on the, you know, if it goes to your kids, if they're in those higher rates, and now you're paying $200,000, almost half your IRA, because you kicked the can and waited until 73. And I think that's what Phil's alluding to in his first point is be careful, make sure you have a actual tax plan for your IRA. And you're not using Uncle Sam's. Yeah. This, you, is, you
0: this is one of those things that we hear, though, Greg, is that the financial industry has been feeding us all these years. Put money in that tax-deferred account, your 401k, your IRA, and when you're in retirement, you will be in a lower tax bracket. But, Phil, once you actually get into retirement, we're finding that that's not really the case, is it?
3: Well, the reality is you just actually have to take it out. And that's that's the, the play is everyone says, hey, save it in there. You're going to be in a lower tax bracket. And then you retire, and a lot of people are in a lower tax bracket. But their advisor just vanishes when it comes to tax talk and the, mm-hmm. the idea is hey just keep it in there now don't touch it so the advice is let's let's overload this account in our working years let's retire and then not use it and let it keep growing and building and that's that's the trap that uncle sam is playing on so greg alluded to that's the the idea of keep it in the ira keep it in the 401k let it grow bigger and bigger because we're going to get the tax and it's actually going to come after you pass it's going to come from your spouse it's going to come from your kids And that's why everything's been pointing to low, low taxes. So like we talked about, that's that's route one of this 2026 bill or route two is that tax rates do get higher. And now we're just paying more each year with still those same looming threats through that widow and kiddo side.
2: I saw an article. I believe they bump about 15 percent not to the 15% bracket, but across the board, roughly about 15% higher, 15 to 20% higher. And that's pretty meaningful. I was looking for the average couple. That's an extra, you know, $10,000 of tax mm-hmm. coming out of their retirement a year. So that's a meaningful amount. Um, if you And to get ahead of it, I think we look at it like we got a couple more years here where we can have taxes on sale mm-hmm. and let's do something about it. And with our tax map, Randy, that's what we build. Our CPAs build a tax map for every client that comes to our door to show them how to take money out of their IRA the most effectively now while taxes are still on sale versus continue to kick the can. And who knows what's going to happen, right? You know, I know we talked about the tax rate sunsetting. And then there's also the fear that, guess what, guys, tax rates could also just go up. It's not beyond the, the stream of thought that we may just be like, we need more money. We've spent too much or we haven't had the right runs here. And now we're just going to actually have to raise taxes. And what they're doing is being very sneaky about it. The SECURE Act said, all right, we're not going to raise taxes, but we're going to take more money from your IRAs faster. You know, you can't stretch it anymore. You got to take it out in 10 years. So sometimes people think they're getting a tax break, but in reality, they're going to pay it on the back end.
0: So we're going through this article here talking about three reasons. If you get the thumbs up to retire and the money is there, you have your meeting at Golden Reserve, you build your roadmap and thumbs up. Okay, do you go back to work or do you retire? And there's a lot of reasons to actually walk away and say, hey, if you're going to make the same amount that you were working, why not walk away from work? And the last one here, Greg, is tomorrow isn't guaranteed. And that is probably one of those fears that people have when they walk through the door and say, okay, this all looks great, but what if I get sick? And
2: that's a big deal. So, you know, I think this one's one of the most important and definitely the least talked about. Fidelity did a study, and I thought it was fascinating because it's, it's, it's right on point here um, where people are, you know, saying to themselves, first of all, to your point, well, I think I'm going to live to be in my 90s. Well, statistically it's about 78, you know, and and it's hard for people to hear, but that's just the numbers. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just saying, you know, 78 is the average. So if you're banking on having all this extra time, you know, you got to be kind of careful because as you're kicking the can, you're losing happiness. And what they did was a kind of enjoyment index. And they said, how do you get the most enjoyment? And what they showed, which was fascinating, is that if you do something in your sixties, your enjoyment is four times, four or five times higher than it is if you do it in your 80s. Mm-hmm. And I think their, their theme, and I'd I like to get Phil's thoughts on this, is their theme is always be careful on putting off retirement for one more year because what does it really cost? You may make a couple extra dollars, but are you going to be able to enjoy the things that you were going to do in retirement at the same level you would have been able to do in your 60s as opposed to in your 80s or even your 90s? And and I don't know, Phil, I mean, w- when you talk to families and they're, they're fighting this, you know, should I retire? Should I not retire? I mean, do you see this? I mean,
3: how do you coach them through this, you know, decision, which is yeah. huge? That's, that's a crazy stat. It's the cranky old man. Yep. Is that what it is? <laughs> the older you get, the less you enjoy. Uh, we, we hear it all the time though. And, and it, most folks that we're sitting down with, they are understanding of it that they want to enjoy retirement now. But a lot of what they hear is, hey, you can't do this yet. You've got to keep working. You got to save more. You got to, you got to do more before you prepare. And and it is that thought, like you have to, it's not all money. It's not all financials in this decision. It's also like, what's that time cost you? And, and what's what are those experiences that you miss out on because you're working 250 days a year? Um, so there's more that goes into that retirement decision. And I think that's where a retirement planner really adds their extra touch is not just the financial side of it or the tax piece, but also just life and experiences. When we're talking through this, people say, well, how do you quantify this? How? Th- okay, Phil, that's great. So how
2: do I know if I want to retire? Or how do I know if I can retire? And I think every financial advisor has their own spin on income plans or, or investment plans. And, you know, Golden Reserve is no different in the sense that we use our roadmap for retirement. We do it, things kind of backwards. We obviously we will talk about later in the show, we have four pillars that we we lead with protection and preservation. So we, we want to address the four biggest risks in every retirement, which is fees, taxes, market risks, and long-term care. And once we get that built, I'm going to jump to that last part because I think that's the, the real indicator, which is our, our income tent. And, and, and I guess, Phil, you've, you've been at other financial advisors. You've worked at other places. What makes this unique to Golden Reserve? And why do you think clients like this you know, or feel like this is more of an effective
3: tool to help people understand if they're ready to retire? Well, one, these projections, right, these 25-, 30-year projections, it's hard to project. We don't know. I don't know what I'm having for lunch today. Nonetheless, <laughs> what that's going to look like, you know, 25 years from now. Uh, But, but one of the the big focuses of our plans that I think people appreciate is the plan is to use and spend your money. And very often people aren't getting that advice. Instead, it's, you know, the old 4% rule, just take your gains and and keep your same amount of money saved. Almost everybody we sit down with Randy, they're like, I don't care if I leave a penny, Mm -hmm. I want to enjoy my money. I want to spend it in retirement. I just want to make sure I don't run out during my lifetime. And when that's the focus and when you're violently aligned, like we are as retirement planners, that can open up a whole new door where we can retire in our 60s or even our 50s. And we can retire to do the things we want to do early.
2: Wrapping up this segment here, Randy, one of the cool parts that we do that is different is that when we do our retirement roadmap and then we end with our income tent, the, the goal of this is to show them not what we think, but what they've done. So we look back at their last year of what they spent and what they received. And then we projected out 25 years with a conservative 5% growth. And the goal of this isn't to say this is what you should do. The goal of this is to say if you don't do anything different, here's how much money you'd have left at the end. And it's always a pile of money. It's always hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, 99 times out of 100. They're like, holy moly. And then they always look at each other and say, we need to spend some more money, which is really the whole goal of retirement, Randy. we love to be able to give that to them because most financial advisors don't want them spending their money because they charge 1%. And if they spend their money, Phil, what happens? They take a pay cut, right? I mean, they they take a pay cut. So, you know, those are the things that we're focusing on every day, Randy, and we hope that we can give that experience and that different type of angle to retirees out there.
0: And that's what we're all looking for. You want to go in and know very simply, am I going to be okay? That's what you want to know. And when the word is, yeah, you can retire and you can probably spend more money than what you thought, why not go out and do it? There's a lot of advantages to it. So, the first thing to do is to go to our website, getyourroadmap.com. Let's set up that meeting and find out where you are. You've done all this work. You've saved well your whole life. What is that going to mean for you in retirement? And what if you're 63 now and you thought you'd work till 65, but the word is green light. You can go if you want, and then lots of fun decisions are made. So give us a look on the website, getyourroadmap.com, or give us a call at 855-546-2074, 855 855- five, four, six, 2074. All right. We talk about managing your money and there are some people that we look at and go, boy, they're doing it right. So we should look at them as an example. Well, there's one out there that we probably don't want to look at right now. And we'll tell you about that story
1: coming up next on Expedition Retirement. We're not financial advisors and we're not financial planners either. We are sheepdogs. And our life's mission is to protect and guide retirees just like you down retirement mountain safely. Our goal is to protect and guide you around the greatest risks to running out of money in retirement. Like when and how much tax to pay on your IRA every year, choosing the right amount of market risk, not overpaying for investments or financial advice and protecting against those rising long-term care costs and To protect you from a trillion dollar financial industry that has left you alone on retirement mountain an industry that's been underserving and overcharging retirees for the last 50 years but now you're no longer alone on this retirement path you have a team of retirement planners that will walk with you every step of the way we build a roadmap for retirement for every client to protect you from the four largest risks in retirement to learn more on how we can protect and guide you down retirement mountain go to getyourroadmap.com that's getyourroadmap.com and welcome back to Expedition Retirement
0: with Greg Ayler at Golden Reserve online you can find us at getyourroadmap.com Phil Huff is here with us as well from Golden Reserve one of the people that you would see if you sit down and talk to the team and come in for your roadmap So, guys, when we look at investing for the future, we say to ourselves, we got to figure out how to make this money last 20 or 30 years for our retirement. Well, there are people that are out there that are thinking a lot longer term, like colleges. Uh, Ivy League schools are known for their endowment funds, and they're looking 50 to 100 years in the future. So it's very interesting to see how they manage their money. Well, there's one fund that's not doing so well. It's the fund at Princeton, and they're actually down a percent this year. And they took a look at why. And they said, well, they invested in venture capital, which was highly risky. And then they tried to kind of bail themselves out because they were losing money with hedge funds, which is even a higher risk. So the, the key here, though, is, is in this article, it says each year the school needs that fund to provide two-thirds of their operating expenses, and they lost money. So that reminds me of a retiree that knows how much it costs them every month to live, but they've got way too much risk in their money. Phil, this is something that you see all the time. People come in with a 401k, they're 65 years old, but on paper, they look like they're
3: 30 or 40, don't they? Oh, absolutely. We see, we see it all the time, right? And. and The idea that you can lose in a market where interest rates quadrupled also think about that, Like Imagine being one of the people that are donating to that endowment and realizing that fact. Um, But we do see people come in all the time where actually they assume that they're safe, Mm -hmm. because they know, hey, I'm, I'm 60 65, I'm getting close to retirement, I'm sure we've made all the changes to get safer, and make sure that our money lasts in retirement. But what we see a lot of times people are taking risks like they're in their 30s and and 40s. -hmm. And, And that's commonly one of the biggest disconnects or misconceptions in their retirement plans. Because people don't know, you don't really know how much risk you're taking until you go through a 2008 type year. But if you're 60 65 early in retirement, that can be the most painful time because you don't have a do over. If you lose half of your money up front, you might be looking at a different retirement.
0: And that's a great point, Greg. People many times will come toward retirement and say, oh man, I don't know if I have enough. So they kind of double down a little bit and they start putting more into the risk category, thinking they're going to catch up in those last three or four years
2: and it doesn't work out so well. Like anything, you know, planning ahead is always going to be huge <laughs> advantage of trying not to pack everything into the last few minutes. It's like, I'm going to lose some weight, but I'm going to wait till the last month before spring break, right? Like, that never works. I'm going to try to run this mile and I'm going to start training and then they keep pulling it off and pulling it off. I mean, and before we, like, start crying tears for Princeton, I mean, it's still like a $35 billion endowment. Like, they're like the third or fourth largest endowment in the world. Like, everybody yeah. needs, you know, boo-hoo, pour them. I think they have like eight <laughs> students too. So, like, ooh, <laughs> operations. It's not like Ohio State or yeah. obviously Michigan or some of these monster universities that have the hundreds of thousands of students they have like one cafeteria and a bunch of nerds yeah. so
3: but <laughs> it's also a learning lesson like they can bounce back from this they'll yes. be okay but not everybody is set up that way not every retiree could lose that right. and bounce back right we don't always have that do-over and
2: these are supposed to be it feels 100 right right like the smartest people in the world get it wrong and i love it when they're like no my guy my guy knows where the market's going <laughs> and it's almost comical when you think Princeton, Harvard, Yale. The I mean, they are the smartest. They're Wall Street, right? Like these are the people that are supposed to be the most financially capable people on the on the planet, and they're missing. So it should give you pause to think that your buddy Bill, down the road, in the you know in the strip mall from Edward Jones, has cracked the code. And I think taking pause and realizing, you know what when they have an idea or they have this new, hey, I think we're going to get 10% returns this year, you know, you have to ask yourself, what's the cost? And, you know, for us, Randy, we always want to lead with, let's get a baseline. And that, for us, I guess we don't care how much risk you want to take on. We won't work with people that want 100% risk, right? Like, that is not what we do. You know, we work with people that have half a million bucks to 3 million bucks, and most of them are trying to protect at least half of it and make sure it's safe and, and have options for a conservative principal guaranteed option. So we start with our market flashlight, Randy, because it basically shines a light and shows you, all right, right now, before we you know do anything, let's see where your risk is. And that gives people an instant flashlight of saying, all right, here's how much I, you know, essentially what percentages can go backwards, but also what that means in dollars if 2022 happens again or what that means in dollars if 2008 and 9 happen again. And people are like, well, oh, shoot, this is $300,000 I, was, I don't want to lose that much. I mean, Phil, what, what's do you have any favorite stories of just shocked faces or people that are you know always surprised when this number – I mean, it always blows my mind. Their life savings are in whatever, some Edward Jones or Fisher or Edelman, and they have no idea what's at risk.
3: Yeah, and we've we've looked at it. We've done thousands of these roadmaps in the past, right? And it's nine out of every ten people that get that roadmap are taking on more risk than what they realize. Wow. So I've, I've certainly seen it real time where we've got people that – are the we don't want to lose a penny, when they see a one single red number on that statement, they, they're not happy. Mm-hmm. And we run that same market flashlight. And we look if another 2008 2009 were to happen, they would lose 40%. Same people that have spent their whole life, you know, checking their bank accounts, making sure they had the money to spend it not using their credit cards, like making all these sacrifices all to be standing at the blackjack table. And they had no clue. They had no idea that they could lose that much. And they had just come off of this was years ago that we sat down with them. Reason being that 09 2010 through 2020 was a pretty good decade, Mm -hmm. where everybody was winning every year. And it kind of set them up with the expectation like this is what investing is, because they didn't (laughs) care about investing before when they were 30 and 40. Now that they're getting closer to retirement, they're actually looking at their statement. And meanwhile, they're making 567% every year in the market. But that's not how it's always going to be. That's not how it's been the last handful of years.
0: Yep, this is how you can find out really important information from the roadmap to see how much could I lose if we have another market downturn. And it doesn't have to be another 2008. What if your money went down 10 or 15 or 20%, which is just a regular correction or bear market? These happen very regularly. You don't like those red numbers, as, as Phil would say. We don't want that to happen to you either. Give us a look on our website, which is GetYourRoadmap.com, GetYourRoadmap.com, or... 855-546-2074. 855-546-2074. All right, I brought some Shaquille O'Neal into the show today, and Greg always likes him some Shaquille O'Neal. People love Shaq. And I, I found an interview with him. He's talking about a brand-new investment that he's involved in. It was kind of an open panel. And Shaq got into talking about when he was in his playing days and when he actually started looking past his playing days when it comes to getting himself financially prepared.
1: You know, for me, in my business, 79% of retired athletes when they're done playing have zero income, zero income. I didn't want to be part of that stat, so my parents really pushed education. Uh, There's a a great story about how I spent a million dollars in the first day because I didn't have, you know, financial knowledge. I get a million dollars. It wasn't a million dollars. I had no idea what state income tax was. And I was looking on my report and I asked my guy, who the hell is FICA? Because <laughs> they had took so much money from me. But I had went out and bought two cars and bought a whole bunch of stuff. And I had, you know, end up owing the bank money. So I had to learn financial literacy and I had to learn it very quick.
0: So, Greg, he had to get himself in the know pretty quickly. All of a sudden he had more money than he ever had in his entire life. And he had to figure out how to manage it. But another thing about Shaq was he was starting to look forward. He wanted to get smarter. He wanted to understand where his money was going, and he laid the groundwork for his after playing days while he was still playing. There's a good lesson to be learned there, isn't there? It is.
2: I mean, I think he got his hand slapped. I've heard that story before about him spending a million dollars, you know, on his first paycheck. He used to be Orlando Magic for all those. It was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Him and Penny Hardaway. But I think. What makes Shaq such an interesting, you know, figure and, and great speaker is he has a lot of humility and a lot of honesty and vulnerability. And and, and because of that, we've been able to learn some lessons. Now, let's be clear. Shaq made two hundred ninety-two million dollars of just salary in the <laughs> NBA. So let's not go out and say, you know, he had a lot of wiggle room to make mistakes, yep. right? You know, at the end of the day, you know, million dollars is appetizer money for that guy. But, you know, when when you break down what he did, he surrounded himself with people that he trusted that made better decisions than he could. And he wasn't educated. He didn't want to be educated. He, he, he was in the job of putting a ball in a hoop, not understanding the intricacies of taxes and retirement planning and all that fun stuff. And I think he did a, you know, a really good job of, of, of sharing these stories to a lot of folks. I know he speaks in a lot of financial circuits, believe it or not, mm-hmm. uh, because he has a lot of these. He has, you know, there's a dozen other stories he likes to tell when he goes speaking. But, you know, Phil, When you hear Shaq, you know, our clients, you know, don't have Shaq money. We're not talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, but there's some principles here because of the way that, you know, the amount of things that he buys or spends or expenses he has that can really, you know, make pro athletes go upside down. I guess what, when it comes to retirees are some of the biggest misses or mistakes or things that they can do to look
3: forward, kind of like what Shaq said. Yeah, there's those, those big mistakes that a retiree can't recover from because they don't have that 292 million. But, you know, one of the big ones was the FICA, the tax piece, right? And we always talk about how we look at our account statements. And when we look at our 401k, that million dollar 401k looks and feels like that's all our money. But Uncle Sam looks at it a little bit differently. He sees a lot of that money as being money on loan and our whole lives we spend saving these 401ks but rarely do we have people come in and they say, Hey, yeah, here's my tax plan. When it comes to retirement, here's how I'm going to make sure uncle Sam gets as little of a piece of that 401k. And I get to keep as much as possible. Uh, so that's a big one. That's where we use our tax map. That's where we're sitting down with families every year And typically at the end of the year, we sit down because every year is different and tell them how much to take out of that IRA and 401k to pay tax at our lower retirement tax rate, helping us to avoid overpaying uncle Sam in the future. Uh, So that's a big lesson that Shaq learned um, on his million dollars that hopefully shows people to not learn it on their million dollars.
2: Is that a hard is that a hard conversation to have? I feel like, you know, we are the eat your vegetables kind of retirement planners. And it's like, well, are you
3: telling me to pay taxes? Is that what I'm hearing you feel? I mean, do you get that kind of pushback? Yes, you do. And there's there's a little bit of both sides, right? There's that hump initially of so you're telling me pay more now so that I save in the future. That's a hard Band-Aid to rip off because everyone feels like we're paying more in taxes than ever. Mm-hmm. But the reality is tax rates are lower than they've been since the 1920s. So once they really start to understand it and you break it down, I think then you get the that switch flips and people are like, okay, I'm on board with this. This is how we beat Uncle Sam. It just took me a while because I've never heard this. No one's talking about taxes. So it is a, it is a jump early on, but people get it.
0: I like the way that Shaq talks about how he got himself educated. After basketball, he earned three different degrees. He has a Ph.D., for crying out loud. It's not in finance. It's in education, and that's where his passion is, is to help kids. And almost everything that he does after basketball now is geared toward helping kids. He said, I used to try to pick stocks. I used to try to pick businesses for their upside. He goes, it didn't work. He said, I lost a lot of money. When I started to invest with my passion, that's when it started to work.
2: And I think there's a lesson there as well, isn't there, Greg? I mean, that's just an awesome, awesome story. Not to go into business and, and, that stuff, and that's why people aren't tuning in. But uh, there are a lot of similarities between running a business and running your financial house. Mm-hmm. And I think the lesson that you know, we can hopefully instill in most people is you need to treat it like a business. You've worked 30 years to accumulate all this wealth. And a lot of times people go the path with the least conflict, which is, oh, you know what, I've been. this guy goes to my church, this gal. I've been, I've been with her for 10 years. And at the end of the day, you owe it to yourself to have a second opinion. You owe it to your business, i.e. your financial home to sit down and kick tires and say, you know what, is there a better route out there? Is there a route that's more aligned with my values and what I'm trying to accomplish in retirement? And if so, it's probably worth a few hours of my time to basically ensure that the 30 years of work I just put away is in the right hands and on the right path. And I think to me, that is the, the the business lesson here, Randy, you know, you know, that's, we do a roadmap, we do it at no cost for everyone. Uh, that comes through our doors that have, you know, half a million to three million bucks. And it's really that second opinion that shows people, you know, how we include CPAs, attorneys, and financial services all under one roof. We're not handing out business cards, Randy. We're actually doing the work in the meetings because we control all three of those entities that allows us to give a very different type of retirement experience for retirees.
0: Well, we bring Shaq up as a great example there. He laid the groundwork for after his career while he was still working. Great, great uh, example there. And the other example he talks about is bringing people into his circle who know more than he does. He was not the smartest guy in the room. He understood that, and he wanted to make sure that he had good decisions being made about his money. Give us a call at Golden Reserve. We feel the same way. We want to build a great retirement for you. We call it a Roadmap for Retirement. Everybody gets one who calls. We would love to be able to put that together for you. We'll talk through taxes and fees and market risk and health care and all that goes into your retirement. There's so much that you're going to deal with once you retire that you haven't dealt with during your working years. Here's our number, 855-546-2074. 855 546 2074, or getyourroadmap.com. We'll take a break, come right back with more Expedition Retirement. All right, here's just a couple of questions for you. Are you retired or are you getting close to it? Are you nervous about running out of money? Do you have a plan for taxes and long term care? And do you know how much you're paying your financial advisor? These are all good questions. Most of us don't know the answers to them, and that is why Greg Ayler at Golden Reserve has written his Amazon bestseller, Fire Your Financial Advisor. 40 years of exploitation of the American retiree and how you can fight back. Greg, why are you picking a fight with one of the world's
2: biggest industries? <laughs> I don't know, Randy. I guess I wrote it for folks like my mom and dad, and people just like them, right? They weren't multimillionaires. They were the other 95 percenters that had to work, earn, and really save every penny. And, you know, the book really is a history lesson on how the financial industry took advantage of folks like them in retirement and how we can now fix it. And the book provides you with some materials to really help put those emotions aside and figure out, Randy, if you should fire your financial advisor.
0: Well, there is another way, and Greg has outlined it in his book. Go to fireyourfinancialadvisor.com. We're going to give you a deal right now. If you use the promo code RADIO and you're one of the first 100 people to do this, you'll get 50% off your purchase. So go there right now, fireyourfinancialadvisor.com. Coming up on the second half of Expedition Retirement, can you retire on Social Security and your 401k? A retirement shock to the system, but first... Greg, last weekend, you were in Nashville. We talked about it last week, and you were able to sit down with David Foster and Catherine McPhee. Now, for people who don't know David Foster, we probably know Catherine McPhee from American Idol. They're married. But David Foster is kind of behind-the-scenes guy, and, I mean, the amount of people that he's worked
2: with, it's pretty long and impressive, isn't it? I mean, it was like a whole page (laughs) of 30 years of people. Earth, Wind & Fire, Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, Barbara Streisand, the weekend. I mean, Hmm. he he literally has worked Chicago. He's written like, you know, I want to say 30 number one hits. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, he basically worked in the golden age of recording, right? He scored every awesome video. And uh, I know we're going to play the interview that, you know, a part of my interview with him in a second, but one of my favorite stories was he was real bitter. He's never won an Oscar. He's been nominated, I think five times and he was a runner up twice. And he was real bitter because, the Karate Kid soundtrack, you know the song "I Am the Man That Would Fight for Your Life." You know mm-hmm. I'm not going to sing Randy for you. I know you, <laughs> you get a kick out of that. And you know that was a great song. It was one of his favorites. As we said, one of the best work, some of the best work he's ever done. And he lost to Top Gun, and it was dun dun dun. You know the song. You know you know that they play in Top Gun. And he goes, yep. you know, he was so bitter because he's like, first of all, he rescored Top Gun's trailer with his song. He's like, this is a better song, and he goes. I didn't lose. He goes. Ralph Macchio lost to Tom Cruise. That's what I, I. I lost to Tom Cruise. My song didn't lose, and I thought that gotcha. was such a fun, you know, way of looking at it. But he did Saint Elmo's Fire song. I mean, he, he's got a. I mean, he's got a bunch of them.
0: A lot of them out there, and it was interesting to sit down with really a legend, a guy who is. Uh, there's a documentary out about him right now that you can see on Netflix. But uh, here's David Foster and Catherine McPhee with our own Greg Ayer.
2: Well, welcome to Expedition Retirement. I'm sitting next to David Foster and Catherine McPhee. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you. Well, I got to tell you guys, you made my job really hard. I've interviewed Bill Murray, Mike Pence, Jason Aldean, and I usually get about a half a page Of accomplishments. And when I got yours, it was like five pages long.
4: (laughs) Wow. Most of them come from this guy here, let's be honest.
2: uh, Don't be so Mm -hmm. modest. I mean, Catherine, American Idol, uh, obviously the sitcoms, the new jewelry, David. I'm not going to go through all the bands because I only have like a 30 minute show. Yeah. So it would take us hours. But, you know, I think one of the things I'm curious at who do you guys kind of get excited when you get a text from? Is there somebody that calls that you look forward to, you don't get to hear from very often, you're like, I can't wait to take this call?
5: Gosh, that's a great question. I always love talking to Stevie Wonder. I, I know that's a name drop, sorry, but he is a friend. But he'll go months, I'll text him, and I hear nothing crickets, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, yeah, hey, hey it's Steve, what's up? And I love that. It's just like, you know, Stevie Wonder. Yes. I mean, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable.
4: Well, I only know Michael Bublé because of you, but he sent me a really nice text. A he couple, did, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, just about something like a personal thing. It was very sweet. I just think it's so nice. I mean, I've been such a fan of his that... Um, also, the fact that Barbara Streisand was so excited about the birth of our son, and we had many, many conversations with Barbara Streisand over the phone, and in fact, I think I I think I actually took a picture of you talking to her one time, <laughs> like just so that I could have memory of you, and she was talking about the gift that she sent our son mm-hmm. Rennie before he was born or after he was born, so that was kind of cool.
2: There's the name dropping out of the way. There yeah. you go. Name dro- Sorry. Name, our our <laughs> listeners love it. Name drop away. David, you know, to create something is very hard. And, you know, I think people are very interested in the creation of a song. Do you have a process or do you go to a dark room, a cave or some special location where you work with someone or do you have to hear the music? I'm f- I'm fascinated by that kind of stuff.
5: You know, I don't know what the norm is, but I, I don't think I'm the norm. I don't get inspired in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I don't wake up in the middle of the night with, a, with a, an idea.
4: That's um, kind of not true. It
5: is kind of true. <laughs> no, because I've been
4: with you plenty of times where very, very rarely, like i will been with you well i've been with you for a long time but you'll get up in the middle of the night and you'll start to play some in the piano because you can't get something out of your head
5: yeah it's never any really good though i mean those <laughs> things are never any really good it's work yeah. i mean I, okay today i'm going to write a song because i mean you know the broadway show i'm doing needs a song or somebody needs you know you go to the piano and you just try and create it's it, it's work it's a
2: job it's so impressive now you know we are a, a finance show so it's always fun to ask if you don't mind sharing maybe either of you the best finance or the worst finance advice you've ever gotten from a friend or maybe even an advisor
5: well, I know that I had Facebook's uh, shares when they came out. I got, you know, a special privilege to get them. And I panicked. I think it came out at 28, oh, dropped to 24 the same day, and I sold.
4: He is the worst.
5: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's He's, bad. That was my he, own bad advice. That's a fantastic story.
4: He, I mean, listen, you've done very, very well. But you are a classic, like, panicker when it comes to mm. stocks and things like that. I mean, even the pandemic, you got crazy and started pulling money out. <laughs> I don't. Now I don't have as much money as you so maybe that's the <laughs> difference but I um the best advice honestly I feel like I have been my own best advisor I mean I I love to be a consumer I love to shop and spend and things like that but I've done a good job of living within my means maybe some years better than the others but also just buying property yep. I Real estate, um, they are not,
2: not, not making any more of it. Are real they? estate yeah. seems to be the
4: best own, for me, anyway. I own two houses that I um, that I rent out, yeah. and we just got a house together that we're like been building, and and I'm like in, encouraging him to like let's do another one, like let's. <laughs> well, I don't fun, know right? what's gonna happen. Maybe I'm gonna be the reason he loses mm. all his money. but I hope not, but I really think real estate is like just the most. The I think it's very safe. What's ways?
2: your what's your advice to us, Greg? Well, for retirees, a lot of people are done working. We want to make sure for our demographic that they, you know, keep what they have, you know, yeah. at this time, don't take any big risks. Enjoy what your retirement. You know, you're done working. Sometimes people get to retirement, it feels like they have to keep working to make their money work for them or do extra right. things. And sometimes that's not the case. You just kind of have to sit back, relax, and kind of sometimes take on more conservative investments. Mm. My are?
5: mentality sort of is like I want to keep working because I don't want to touch what I've saved. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if that's valid or not.
2: Well, I have a 10-year-old daughter, and she has a question for you because we were doing our research together. And you were very humble when you said, you know, 80s and 90s was my time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's someone else's time. But I think my daughter would disagree. So we cook together, and she listens to Nina Simone and 70s Rock. And we're sitting there, and she goes, Dad why don't they make music like this anymore? And I oh. was curious what the reaction is. I know it's different now and things are different, but, mm. you know, if you had to have that softball question, how would you respond to my 10-year-old?
5: Well, I, I, I think she's uh, an oddity. I, I'm not an oddity, wait, but wait, I think she's rare. Yeah. Who
4: was that artist that you were saying recently that if you had got to work together, you Oh, would...
5: well, The Weeknd, I mean, yep. he's straight, he's like ripping from the 80s yeah, in the best else? way. I think that um, I would just say to her, thank you for listening and thank you for, uh, you know, upholding... Uh, what we think was the, the golden age of recording, but again, the people that are in it today doing well don't think they think they're in the golden age, but um, it was a great time. It was a great, great
2: time for music. We're almost out of time, but I have to ask one more question. What was the most fun you had? Like, you know, there's a, was there ever a, you know, when you were producing or writing or even performing, was there ever someone out there, a star, that someone, either of you, you know, that you work with and you're like, this is too much fun, this doesn't even feel like yes, work? Yes,
4: please tell us about all the fun you had when I was not around. <laughs>
5: Well, you know, um, Kat mentioned Barbara, and she is so iconic, Barbara Streisand.
4: Did you guys Um, get into fights with each other?
5: Yes, we did. But but good fights, you know, good, uh, healthy fights. One time, really quickly, one time she was complaining about the chairs in my studio because... They were all ratted on the engine. She says, These chairs are filthy. How do you expect me to sit in these chairs? And she was right. They were filthy. They had been there for years. And I said, Well, Barbara, if you, if you don't like them, buy me some new ones. The next day,
2: four new chairs. <laughs> Unbelievable. Thank you, Barbara. Well, we are out of time today. Um, Catherine. David, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for obviously entertaining and providing just endless enjoyment across America. We really appreciate Aww, it. Thanks. Thanks thank you. Thank you. Always fun to sit down and rub
0: elbows with the stars. And that's just what you do these days, Greg. It's pretty impressive. Well, I mean,
2: gosh, guys like 74. She's, I think, 34. Yeah. And they have a two year old, okay. by the way. Um, so good for him. <laughs> wow. And he's been, I think, dating supermodels. If you notice, I think he was on the Real, you know, Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I mean, he's been a ladies' man his entire career. And being around him, you can see why he's—he's he's very charismatic. He's very charming. You know, you know, talking to him, he was very engaging. He was an easy interview compared to Bill Murray and Mike Pence and Jason Aldean. He was by far the easiest person I've ever interviewed. But another one more quick story: um, he wrote a uh, number one hit for Chicago. I forget which one, um, but. Kenny Rogers calls him. He goes, I want one of those Chicago hits. And so he went off, you know, with one of his partners and they wrote a song and they played it for him. And Kenny Rogers goes, David, that is not a hit. And guess what it was? You're my inspiration. Another one, number one hit that he turned around and sold to Chicago that one. So I think he felt pretty good when he got that conversation, when Kenny Rogers said, Hey, this isn't a hit. And he turned around and gave it to Chicago and they made it a number one.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, if you want to hear the interview again, we'll have it on our podcast this week, so check that out as well, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast, and on our website as well. All right, Phil Huff is with us today from uh, Golden Reserve, and he's one of the guys who you would see if you want to sit down and build that roadmap for retirement. And one of the things that most people come to the retirement table with is Social Security and a 401k. And we've said many times, and there's lots of articles we've quoted, it's very difficult to live on Social Security. If you look at that number, it's just not enough. So then you put your 401k on top of that. Well, this particular article that I'm looking at says, you can't live on 401k and your Social Security. It's just not enough. So, Phil, if somebody walks in with a $2 million 401k in Social Security, I would think that that would be enough. Have you found that, that people could live on Social Security and that kind of savings? Yes. Okay. That's almost, that's
3: almost everybody <laughs> Very simple. Don't, you gotta love this industry with these, you know, big eye catching titles and headlines and, and these rules that apply to everybody, like right. everyone's life isn't different. Uh, but no, this is just another, you know, financial article to, to get those clicks. And a lot of people can now, I'm sure within the article, there are some really good points. Mm-hmm. And the thought of, you know, your 401k, your $2 million 401k isn't actually $2 million for your retirement. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a big chunk of that of that goes that to Uncle Sam. So I'm sure there are good timbits, good nuggets, because there's a lot to plan for. If mm-hmm. we're fully retiring on pensions, Social Security, 401k, man, there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. We need to look at the investments in the 401k. Are we safe? We need to look at the fees we're paying. Is that going to drag us down? And then the big tax piece that you're going to have to, to face and retirement's another big part.
0: This hits a lot of the different dominoes that we talk about, Greg, when we talk about the boulders for retirement, it hits taxes, it hits income, and it also hits risk because if you've got all your 401k in risk in the market, then that could be a problem. You can lose a lot of that money. So, I mean, there are some, some things here that are probably worth looking at. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think the question right now is like, all right, well, why would they lie? Why would this article lie? And I can tell you why. Okay. I can tell you with 100% certainty why they they do this. And and everyone's in on this cabal-like narrative of you need more money. It's because the only thing on every financial advisor's menu on the planet is putting your money in the stock market. And they can charge their 1% and hopefully, you know, scare you enough not to spend it. So that they don't have to take a pay cut or scare you enough not to pay taxes on it so that you don't have to take a pay cut. And that's how they maintain their lifestyle of working 15 hours a week on your money and your retirement. And I, I think when I take a step back and say, all right, well, what is it? Great. guys, still don't get it. It's because they want you uncomfortable. They want you scared. They want you thinking that you're going to run out of money. And if you do that. They can continue to convince you to take on more risk than you need, Randy. They can continue to keep your money in the stock market chasing the ponies because now you're nervous because they told me my Social Security and 401k was enough. But then you looked at your account and said, I only spend like $2,000 a month. All my stuff's paid off. I am covered by my Social Security, Greg. Unless we're going on a vacation, I mean, how much Applebee's can I really eat? You know, how, how many how many dinners can we go out to and a week? What are we really spending money yeah. on? Everything's done. And I think that's the right way to look at it. Like, you know, Netflix is $22 a month. Like, you know, these aren't huge expenses. And to me, when we break down the market flash site, we do the income temp for everybody. And we sit down for people the first time. They're so thrilled that we're like, this is the first time someone's actually talked about retirement and not just about what investments to put my money in or what income I need. And they don't even know me. How do they know what income I need? You know, you know, if you really talk to folks and you actually see their balance sheets year in and year out, you can see that the spending lie that's been perpetuated by the industry is a huge gap between what's really happening in most families.
0: Well, many of these articles that we bring to the table, not only do we bring them to discuss them, but we bring them to blow them up sometimes because as mom says, You got to consider the source. And the people who are writing these articles, many times, are very connected to putting your money in the market. And that's where they want your money to be. At Golden Reserve, what we want to do is de risk that money, get you out of that rat race, get you out of that blackjack table, and protect your money. That's job number one at Golden Reserve. Give us a look on our website, which is getyourroadmap.com. We'll build a roadmap for retirement. We'll talk about all the boulders, not just investments. Certainly, we're going to talk about. That But what about taxes? What about fees? What about health care? What about income? All the things in retirement that you're going to be dealing with. Get your roadmap.com. Check it out today or 855-546-2074. 855-546-2074. All right. So I see these commercials on TV. They're in a locker room. Somebody's in an ice tub. I see people jumping into frozen lakes into very, very cold water. I think they're nuts. I'm actually sitting across from one of those guys right now, Greg Ayler. He is an uh... advocate of the ice bath, and we're <laughs> going to find out why and what we can learn from this coming up next on Expedition Retirement.
1: You know where to save 10 cents on gas, where the best deals are on salt for the driveway, too. Retirees are amazing at finding deals, except when it comes to their actual retirement. We asked 100 retirees how much their financial advisor and investments cost each year, and 100 retirees didn't know. You see, the financial industry has made it so confusing that nobody can figure out what you're paying anymore for the most important financial decision of your life. Many retirees who come through our doors are paying over $10,000 a year in advisor and investment fees. That could be over a quarter of a million dollars over their retirement. At Golden Reserve, We're tired of hidden fees, so we created the Fee Filter. This tool shows you what you're paying your financial advisor and for your investments they sold you. To learn more about our Fee Filter and other retirement tools and how we can protect and guide you down retirement mountain, go to GetYourRoadmap.com. That's GetYourRoadmap.com. Welcome
0: back to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler from Golden Reserve. Phil Huff, also from Golden Reserve, joining us today. Phil, have you ever jumped into a bath of ice water? Have you ever done
3: this? Unfortunately, yes. Oh, the, the, he the made you do it, didn't from he? Us has has <laughs> pulled me into it. Yeah, he's forced it on me. Okay, uh, so yes, I've been there.
0: All right. So the idea. This is what the article says. The idea of an ice bath is is your body hits that ice, and it's just a shock to your system. And you can think of nothing else. Your brain is doing nothing else but trying to get you warm. And it's supposed to make your problems go away, your stress go away, because your brain is only thinking
2: about one thing. Greg, is this why you do this? You know, there's a lot of talk out there. Why, so we have a cold plunge, just so we're clear. It's 39 degrees. You get into it for 3 minutes and 30 seconds. And then you submerge your entire body. And the idea and what most studies will show you is that it crashes your cortisol levels, which is stress. And, you know, it also comes with what I would think of as doing something tough to start your day. You know, you read the book, Make Your Bed, Uh, the famous general uh, wrote about how doing something every day and starting off your day with accomplishment is is a great way to, you know, lead to success and and positivity and, and, and obviously being more present. So, it's really hard, and it's really freaking cold. And and you know, does it do anything else? I'm not sure, but I like the idea of doing something really hard every you know every day. And I you know, Phil comes in on Wednesdays, and we, and you know, you imagine two guys. Let's be honest, marginally. Maybe a little bigger than they should be in their underwear getting into this cold <laughs> plunge is a sight to see it's 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 closed off to the public no one can see us, but it is cold oh. and I know Phil you know Randy we didn't talk about this, but Phil used to be able to get on, have to get in these anyways because he was a he played for Kent State was a captain of their football team so right. he had to do this by necessity, but now you know we're doing it by choice
0: okay all right was this supposed to be you know like have you just uh, played a game and you're all beat up. It, it helped with the inflammation of the bruises That's and things. It. recovery. Okay. It's always been recovery. I got yeah. you. Okay. So overall, when you hit that cold water, it's just a total shock to your system. So as we fold everything into financial talk here, Greg, what do you think the shocks to the system are when people go into retirement? Because there's a lot of people that look back and say, man, if I'd have known this, I'd have prepared differently.
2: I think there's two or three th- big things, and, and I'd like to get Phil's you know perspective on this too. You know, one of them is the unexpected. Your job doesn't exist anymore, and you know they're, they're basically a restructuring that you know has someone kind of booted out when they thought they had three or four more years. I think that that adds a lot of stress to a family because I think they had a plan to ride out the next three or four years, and all of a sudden that income or that you know investments or savings that they were banged on is gone. And I guess you know when that happens. You know, Phil. You know, what are the, some of the things you do to ease that tension, or that fear, or that concern? Because at least in my experience, a lot of times they're still going to be all right.
3: They are, and that's that's the the kind of work on the front end. We've got a lot of clients that they came in maybe late fifties, early sixties, with the hope, like, hey, I just want to lay the groundwork to retire when I want to, and maybe that's 62, 65. Uh, and then boom, that news comes in that that nice cushy work from home job has been eliminated, and now you've got to enter retirement a couple of years sooner. But if we've done all the work on the front end, a lot of people at that point in their life, they're working out a choice anyways, where they can just parlay that into a retirement and they'll be just fine, do all the things they want to do in retirement. So if you have the right structure on the front end, these don't hit you as hard. Gotcha. I like that work by choice, Randy. I mean, that's a a good way of saying that a
2: lot of people probably do work, you know, on average, three to five more years than they need to. And they'll never have to run out of money. I know people are like, I don't believe that. And we're always like, let us show you. We'll just show you what you spent last year and what you received last year. And our income 10 is part of every roadmap. We do that at no cost. And we show them where they end up in 25 years. And a lot of times it's pretty eye-opening. It's like, oh, my gosh. No no one's really done the math for me yet. And by doing the math, it just builds comfort because it shows them without any emotion, here's where you'll
3: be. You know, my favorite is the flip side of that, a conversation I have with a client that they were assuming, hey, I'm going to need to work for five more years. We run an income tent. It shows they could actually retire today. Yeah. And they they already let me know, bad day at work happened. They're putting in their two weeks. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling the trigger.
0: I love it. I love it. So that's a good shock to the system. One that I think about, Greg, it's, it, it hasn't happened to me, be, and I didn't have to step aside from work. But two people go into retirement thinking, we're going to be together for the next 20, 25 years, 30 years, and we're going to travel and we're going to do all these things and then somebody gets sick. They get a bad diagnosis. I mean even something is like a hip replacement or something like that that sidelines you. It, uh, it maybe you can't do everything that you wanted to do before uh, then the cognitive issues that we talk about all the time. This absolutely is a detour in retirement that nobody counts on, but boy do we have to prepare for.
2: We do. I mean this is this is the most, you know, costly thing that can happen in retirement. No one wants to talk about it, but the reality is is $100,000 a year, $10,000 a month of any kind of long-term care stay is a completely disruptive part of your plan that no one can really fully prepare for. And when we think through this, you know, the best thing we can do is have a plan. And and most people don't want to address it because it's uncomfortable. No, I'm never going to go in a long-term care facility. I'm never going to go to a nursing home. I'm never going to assisted living. I'm never going to need home care. Well, that's a hope. But like you hope your house doesn't burn down but you have homeowners insurance mm-hmm. and i think that's you hope a tree doesn't fall in your house mm-hmm. but you have homeowners insurance i'm sorry randy
0: <laughs> that one <But> i've got <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> i've <think Spare>, indeed <laughs> if you don't know that yeah randy literally had a tree destroy his home so that's that <laughs> yep. that's why you need homeowners insurance and that's what our long-term care encompasses. It's your homeowner's insurance. And what we do is we sit down with your retirement planner, like, a, you know, Phil Huff, and we sit down with an attorney um, that is a estate planning and elder care law experienced, and then they build out some legal plans where most, you know, financial folks don't even touch the legal aspects of most, you know, obviously planning strategies. We have asset protection trusts and ways that you can shield your home, your farm, your life savings from some of those huge costs so that your spouse is there impoverished if they go in. Or, you know, and you see the splash of water, Randy. Well, it's the the cannonball or it's the splash. The splash is what happens when your parents go in. Mm -hmm. Or a loved one goes in, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. The cannonball is when you or your spouse get a diagnosis. And those are the two wake-up calls, Randy, that we want to make sure our roadmap covers for all the families. This is why we let you sit down with our attorneys at no cost to explore those options because they're that important. It can be a devastating
0: blow to your retirement. And I mean, when you think about going in and you have all of these wonderful things that you want to do in retirement, and we all do, but then if you were to ask somebody out on the street, what's the worst thing that could happen here? And they'll say, oh, the market goes down 40%. It takes all my money. But Phil, that's just a piece of the puzzle, isn't it? I mean, mean, we talk about taxes going up and inflation going up and and a long-term care event and all that, there's a lot really uh, headwinds to try to head off.
3: There are a lot. It is a lot. And and that's our focus as retirement planners. We talked about the cold plunge and that shock to the system. And so many times people don't reach out until they have that shock to the system. Mm. We tell people all the time, like, that's what we're here to do. We're to make sure that you don't go through that shock. So that's why we're diligent on making sure we're trying to get our message out, have people sit down with us now rather than four or five, six years from now when they face that shock. Because the reality is the things that we can do for people in t- t- today are a lot stronger than what we can do for them five, 10 years from now. Don't let that shock be the reason you look for help. Um, because there's a lot, there's, there's things people don't know, taxes, risk fees, long-term care. There's a lot of risks to protect yourself from.
0: And those are our boulders, Greg, that we talk about all the time. And that is what the roadmap for retirement is built around. So let's just kind of go through bullet point by bullet point, what you get
2: when you call golden reserve. So when you call in, obviously requesting a roadmap, first of all, Randy, what we do is we actually mail you a copy of my Amazon best-selling book, Fire Your Financial Advisor. So you get a copy of the book when you schedule an appointment. Um, you also get some chocolate from my hometown uh, just outside <laughs> Bell Fountain, which is some, always a, a nice to get treats. But the roadmap itself, when you come in, we're going to explore and deliver. The summary sheet will break down taxes, fees, market risk, and long-term care. The taxes will be a tax map built by our CPAs that show you when and how much to take money out of your IRA to make sure you pay the least amount possible over the course of your lifetime, over your kids' lifetimes. Next up, we have the market flashlight. We talked about that at length today. It'll show you how much is at risk right now with your current holdings and what does that mean in losses, in dollars lost if a 2000, a 2008, a 2022 happens again. Next up, we're going to talk about fees. This is We didn't talk about this a lot today, Randy, but we talk about it a lot on the show, don't we? Mm-hmm. Beating up the market and showing people how much they're paying in financial advising fees and then how much they're paying in investment fees, not just this year. But over the course of their lifetime, and Randy, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars leaving people's accounts that they don't know about over a retirement. And last but not least, we just talked about it. The Long-Term Care Compass will break down not just the options out there for protecting your assets from long-term care events, but it will also talk about updating with the right legal tools. Do I need a revocable trust? Do I need an asset protection trust? Do I need to update my powers of attorney, my wills, my living wills? What are the things that need to be done so that I can successfully navigate a full retirement? all that's wrapped up Randy we wrap it up with an income tent people love that obviously it shows people how much money is going to be left over in 25 years if they continue to spend like they're spending and and, and that is really the telltale sign is should I be spending more money? Should I have more fun? More cake, Randy, more cake. We always talk about having a little bit more fun out there. And hopefully that's what our roadmap finally does. And it's a completely different experience than their typical financial advisor engagement. That's what we want to offer everybody who's listening to the show today. Give
0: us a look on our website. Hit it right now. GetYourRoadmap.com. Very simply, GetYourRoadmap.com. We'll ask you to fill in a little information there and our team will reach out to you. We'll get a date on a calendar and start to go through the exercise. Or you can reach out to us at 855 855- 546 2074 546 2074 I will tell you that next week we are going to do a best of show and then we will spend at least 15 or 20 minutes figuring out what Greg did for Thanksgiving dinner I'm sure it's <laughs> going to be a very long long segment but it'll be very interesting <laughs> Greg thanks so much Phil thanks so much and we'll see y'all next week
1: thanks for listening to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ehler To learn more about getting the help you need to and through retirement, go to getyourroadmap.com.